and welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at taking the money stress out of marriage and turning the fact focus back to enjoying life together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today by my Hallmark Christmas movie marathoner, Heather. Yay! I love those movies. <laughs> Ho, ho, Hallmark is what I call it. <laughs> Heather, could you remind everyone how they can contact us if they want to send in questions or share some comments with us? Yes, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thank you so much. Well, we have a great show planned for you today. Today, we're going to talk about not breaking the bank when it comes to Christmas this year. But first, Heather, why don't we share a little bit about what's happening in our world? It's beginning to look <laughs> a lot like Christmas. Da, 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 da. Actually, it's not because we live in Singapore and it's 80 degrees. And oh my gosh, it's the hottest Christmas I've ever had. But no, it is fun. It's starting to get Christmas. As David mentioned, I'm a huge Hallmark Christmas movie fanatic and there's already been like a million posted and it's not even Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> it so. has been ridiculous how many movies they have. But it's super fun to get you in the spirit. Um, but it is... Um, Last night, we went and checked out the Christmas lights in Singapore. They do an amazing job. Holy oh, my moly. gosh. I have never seen so many lights. It, well, I they it's maybe, you know, it's it doesn't feel as impressive when you're just in one area, but then you walk and then you realize, oh, my gosh, this is it's like this and more. And then big set piece after big set piece. And the more you walk, it just keeps building. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I, you know, I've been to New York for Christmas and the famous Kansas City. Oh, the world, world, world famous, famous Kansas, Kansas City, City lights. Everybody's so heard about I'm, Kansas City. Right. So I'm a <laughs> complete expert when it comes to Christmas lights. And I'm telling you, Singapore has, is out doing it. They are doing well. I guess there's a little bit of money maybe in this country. But but it is going to be a different different holiday for us. Since yeah. We're going to be, obviously, with the COVID situation, staying here in Singapore. So trying to figure out what that looks like. Uh, I've been trying to, I was trying to book a Christmas dinner because it's only the two of us and i'm not gonna cook like all dinner. day yeah but like every place is booked i'm <sighs> late i can't believe it and it's it, only the middle like it, it's, it's november not, yeah it, it we're more than a month out and <clears throat> or i mean about a month out i should say and yeah and it's crazy that it's already booked up yeah but we'll figure something out it'll be it'll be christmas wherever the two of us are Exactly. Yeah. Well, you make it Christmas. Aww. <laughs> Wherever you are, there's Christmas. <clears throat> so this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about how to have a responsible Christmas. So Christmas is, is one of those times where it's just expensive for everybody, right? It, it, at least for me, it's the most expensive holiday of the year. I, I assume there's a stat that probably proves that. There's probably a survey somewhere. <laughs> We've got tons of data to back this up. <laughs> Let's just assume there's a lot of data to back this up. But I don't think any of us would disagree that Christmas can be expensive. I feel like you just kind of were a little bah humbug by saying you need to be responsible oh, for Christmas. That's the saver in me. Come on. <laughs> come on. No. Well, I'm all about celebrating Christmas. I think we need to celebrate Christmas. Let's celebrate Christmas. But 
let's not get okay celebrate responsibly right so it's kind of like uh kind of like a, a beer <laughs> so you you Wait, can you can enjoy I'm, just don't usually, get drunk on christmas i'm usually the one that brings up uh having a bottle of wine <laughs> so I'm glad, glad it's not me this time oh uh, but but christmas it consumes a lot of it consumes a lot of time it consumes a lot of money it it cause it can cause a lot of stress in people's lives because there's a lot of things to do. There's gifts to to buy and give. There's decorating cards, planning who you're gonna see, when you're gonna see them. Are you gonna see family? Are you gonna see friends? They all have their own expectations. Like there's a lot on this, right? Gosh, you're, you're just stressing me out. Reminding me about everything. <laughs> well, so that the intent here is to remind you. <laughs> that there is stress, but we can avoid it. And so I, I, w- I really would like us today to, to change the narrative around this, right? That maybe we can turn this into something that we can make fun and enjoyable um, that's not only just leading up to Christmas, but during and after Christmas. Something that, that isn't going to stress you out and leave you in debt and frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. And you're probably wondering, oh my goodness, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. Why are you already talking about this? But we're talking about it now so that you can make adjustments. We don't want to have this um, recording the day week of Christmas week and it's too late. So we're trying to have this conversation. So hopefully you can make some adjustments and not be completely stressed out and broke come the first of the year. <laughs> yeah. And I have been there. Um, broke? Ma- well, <laughs> stressed out. <laughs> stressed out and feeling broke at least. And I know... The saver in me, um, I always feel a little more broke probably than we actually are. But so, so the feelings might be real even if the situation isn't real. But <clears throat> getting back to the stressful piece, I think, well, it's stress and finances. I think one of the, the primary drivers behind all of this stress is expectations. I know we talked about expectations earlier. At, I think it was in our communications episode where we said it's all about setting communications with your or expectations with your spouse in that episode. Here, it's about understanding expectations that are being placed on you, and and I think setting boundaries with those. So, so you have expectations on everyone. Yeah, I totally agree, and it, it is expands expands outside of your spouse. But I would also say that you also have expectations for the people in your life. That's true. So it goes both ways. Like people will put expectations on you, but you also put expectations out there. So it's not, it goes both ways, which is why it's good to talk about it. I remember one year I just got so frustrated. This was before David and I were married and I was so frustrated at how I was getting pulled for Christmas that I just said, forget it. I booked a ticket to Seattle and I flew out to Seattle to spend Christmas with my cousin. They picked me up on Christmas Eve. We went to Denny's and had a nice Christmas Eve dinner at Denny's. And it was just, <laughs> I got to the point where it was just D- Nothing I'm like done. a Denny's Christmas dinner. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, you no, know, and you, you're really, that's a good point. Um, and there's, uh, I remember one of my Christmases, well, or, there, shortly after I was, uh, after I was out on my own, I was told by a family member, you're going to spend a hundred dollars on me. You're and it wasn't it wasn't a conversation. It was just here's the expectation of what you're going to spend on me. Uh oh. I've learned that lesson the wrong way. And I'm not saying that a hundred dollars was unreasonable. What I'm saying is is that what was unreasonable was for that person to say, 
here's what you're spending on me, right? And and so I can understand how you could just get frustrated with that and say, screw it all, I'm going to Denny's. <laughs> yes, completely understand. And so I think because of that, that's why we need to set these boundaries, right? So this is, I think, you know, everyone's going to have their expectations and they're gonna to wanna to place these expectations on you. And they can do that, I mean, that's fine. It's, it's up to you though, how you're going to respond to those expectations. And my, my personal recommendation is that I, I decide and how I wanna live my life is that I decide what, what is right for me and what isn't right, what I will allow and what I won't allow. Um, yeah, and I remember when we first got married, we went through this because we had a couple holidays when we were engaged that just about drove us crazy because we come from a divorced family. So that meant four Christmases, not two, it meant four. And when we got married, David and I were like, this is not sustainable. Well, we tried to do it the first year, right? We First we, couple of years. First yeah. couple, yeah, we, we did all four Christmases. And if I remember correctly, I mean, we were both stressed, but I think I was the one that just kind of was like, I am burning out. I think I can't you physically this. got sick. I you did get, that's true. Down. I did get sick. Yeah, it was not sustainable. And so we said, no, we've, we got to cut this back. And so we put the ax down. We were like, we're doing one main Christmas a year. We'll drop in and see a couple people maybe, but, but we're just going to do one Christmas with one expectation. Yeah. And I'm not sure how people felt, but I'm, you know, not everybody, you can't make everybody happy. No, not know? everybody was happy about you it. You know, someone's going to get mad, but you, you can't feel guilty or bad about that. You have to do what you can do to, to enjoy the season. And, and in that case, it was all about putting our mental health, our physical health and our, in, 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 in this case, it wasn't really financial health, but but in some cases, it could be putting your have needing to put your financial health first before meeting the expectations of others, and so that that's incredibly important. Yeah. So you really need to prioritize. Like, who's the most you know who's the most important people in your life? Is your spouse, your kids, your parents, and you need to align with them. So you, again, you can't please everybody. You think you can, but you can't. So you need to have those conversations and get it, you know, set the boundaries, like David said, with, with the, those people in your life. Yeah. And, and that's easier said than done. I totally understand that. Some of us have, a lot of us have very difficult family members or challenging friends. I don't know what you're or, talking about. <laughs> or whatever. So uh, these aren't fun conversations to have. And I totally get that. Um, but if what you're doing isn't working, you need to change something. So another area where expectations come into on the more the financial side is agreeing on what you're going to do for gifts. Oh. Everybody loves presents. Um, and I know like when David and I, we come from very different backgrounds, as you probably have heard on our episodes. So I came from a family where there was lots of gifts. There were Santa gifts. There was family gifts. I mean, opening presents was a big part of Christmas Day. I mean, it was a little bit crazy how many presents we had. Yeah, I've seen the pictures and it was... <laughs> The mountain of gifts kind of hid the tree. Like you couldn't see the tree in those pictures. Whereas like in my world, um, we had one main Christmas gift, right? And I don't know how much that, that gift cost. Um, but I mean, it was, a, it was a decent gift, but it wasn't like hundreds of dollars. Um, but so we had one main gift and then we had some stocking stuffers. And then other gifts from, from uh, relatives, grandparents and such. Uh, but much more subdued than what Heather had. 
Yeah. So we don't we don't want you to break the bank at Christmas. Whatever you do, do not go into debt. And I know this is a little late because we're already, you know, in December, you know, coming Black up Friday's Christmas. happened. Yeah. <laughs> but you really need to be planful. You know, you're setting up your December budget. You're going to have your budget committee meeting here if you haven't already. And you need to sit down and realistically say, A, what you can, what you have in the budget this month. Or maybe you have been spending, you know, planning for it and saving and it might be something in the future next year. You start saving every month and putting away if you're going to be spending that much money. Or maybe it's something you have to kick in in the fall or whatever. Um, but, you know, at least this month, plan what you're going to make a plan. Make sure you, whatever you do, have a plan in place and do not get into a situation where you have to go into debt. Yeah, it's so tempting to say, oh, well, I have to pull out the credit card and finance this gift for the next six months because so-and-so is giving me a gift, so I have to give them this massive gift. No, you don't. You you could have a conversation with them and explain that this year you want to take a step back and let's maybe let's not exchange gifts this year or maybe let's take that dollar amount down from what we've done in the past. And that's an okay conversation to have. It doesn't mean you care for that person any less. So having having conversations around um, and and around how you're going to who you're going to buy for how you're going to buy for them, I, I think is important. One of the things I I remember is that my sister and I would give each other gifts that were equal dollar amounts on on a regular basis, and it, it kind of felt like we were just trade money back and forth, and we were like, this is kind of ridiculous, and so we we just decided we're going to stop giving each other gifts. We may give each other thoughtful cards instead. And that's worked out well. Yeah. And there, there's also other creative ways, right? Without yeah. spending tons of money, you don't have to go to Target or the mall or Amazon nowadays, I guess. I mean, you can, you can do experiences, you can make gifts. I had a friend uh, a couple of years ago who she made all of her gifts that year. Um, cooking, you know, have someone over for a dinner, um, do a meal together, uh, spending, you know, spending time together. Those are going to be memorable experiences more so than that sweater you bought someone or that book that they put on the shelf. So sometimes those creative ways that maybe don't cost as much money are even more, you know, meaningful experiences. Those are great ideas. Right. And, and Heather, you and I, we've kind of adjusted how we've done gift giving. We've done gift giving to each other in different ways throughout the year sometimes when we always have a conversation about it right yes. it's not like it's not like you end up surprising me with something big and i give you some little trinket it's no we have a conversation around what how big are the gifts going to be this year are we doing a big gift small gift are we just going to skip gifts we've had some years where we don't where we haven't given each other a gift at all um and and then we've done shared gifts where we're buying something as a couple for for the two of us to enjoy. Yeah, it's very non-traditional to how I grew up, but I actually really like it. Like you said, we've had so many different ways. You know, we've done a joint gift where we bought a computer together. We've done just stocking stuffers. You know, I kind of like that we mix it up. It's, it's kind of like a prize wheel. You never know what it's going to be. Is it going to be? It does keep it exciting. <laughs> I mean, it kind of kind of mix it up. We don't really have a. This is what we're going to do every year. Is a little bit different. Yeah, it does make it more fun. And I think, I think also, you know, gift buying can just like get out of hand, right? Like the list can go on and on. You can, you know, you've got family, obviously, and then it can be friends. And then you got coworkers. Oh, do I need to get oh my, my goodness, boss? Do yes. I need to get my staff? 
teachers, the kids' teachers. I remember when I lived in New York City, I lived in an, an apartment building and I learned that it was protocol to tip all of the people that worked in your building at Christmas. And it was a lot of people between the valets and the doorman and all of this. And it was almost like a half month worth of rent. Like there were expectations that I like did not know that. So it's just, it's crazy how that list can get can get really large. Right. And then also, in addition to that, you, you mentioned all these people that you, you have to give gifts to. Then there's also oftentimes an expectation of of donations. To You might have friends or coworkers that say, hey, I've got this really great cause. Could you please give give a dollar amount? And and they're all great causes. Charitable giving is, is fantastic. But again, you need to give within your means and don't feel pressured to do something just because someone's there in front of you asking do it because it's part of your giving plan. Right. And especially if you have kids, I think it's really good and healthy to kind of set up, you know, expectations for them. Like, again, you don't have to spend tons of money on them. It's it's quality over quantity. I've heard uh, David and I don't have kids, but I've heard from, you know, friends and family members, some people who maybe do like three gifts. They do, you know, a, a, a piece of clothing, a book and then toy or, you know, Maybe they make them go take a bunch of a grocery bag full of toys that they no longer play with and take that out of their room and give that away to those in need before, you know, getting them Christmas presents or things. So, again, I think it's it's good to, you know, and, and that's be reasonable a, with your kids. And that's a great way to not fill up your house as well. There's practical <laughs> benefits, right? True. Because otherwise then you, you end up with a, a room full of toys and you can't find what you actually want to use. Right. <laughs> so so besides prisons, if that wasn't enough to get the old wallet what, out. There's more? Yeah, there is plenty. I can, I'm the expert spender here, but there's oh. even more expenses that come with the holidays. So there's parties, there's food, there's hosting family. I mean, I love me some holiday parties. I have got uh, yeah, a you do. pile of holiday recipes that I love cooking and I love hosting, but... I feel like la- was it last year we had like four parties or something? I don't know. It was a little crazy, but it it is super fun. But you do have to be a pl- again planful because that can easily add up. And you think, well, this is food; it's groceries. That's a need. But is do you did you need to buy that expensive cheese and that nice wine and for four parties or you know could you've done it? So again, it's all about you know being planful. Yeah, and and along with that, with seeing all these people, there's oftentimes there can be travel involved, right? So you could be connecting, traveling out to see family. Um, that that could be additional flights. It could just be driving. It could be hotel stays, depending on the situation. It might be a lot of times people want to do a fun vacation over the holidays. Um, these things add up. Yeah, and especially if you think about it. Um, traveling over the holidays i don't know what the stats again we have a lot of data on this but i think it's like i mean it's significantly more expensive 50 percent, even double the expense is if you would have traveled in april right because gas prices generally jump up and flights jump up because everybody wants to travel exactly and it's not that you can't if that's when you want to travel and you want to that's awesome again it's about planning for it saving for it and not going into debt for and making it. choices. We have to make choices. So if right. you choose to travel, that might mean you need to choose to not do some other things. And you can do some little adventures. Like I remember, we used to go to the movies even on Christmas Day. It was kind of a fun little tradition. So, you know, maybe instead of doing that big vacation, you could do some little little adventures, just kind of a staycation, like little fun things. 
Yeah, yeah, you can still have fun. And I know going to the movies doesn't quite match up with uh, a trip to Hawaii, but it, <laughs> Good you point. know, it, it still, you're having, you're able to find some different creative ways to have fun. And, and, and then also just tr- with uh, time. So you're, you're taking time, you're traveling, you're seeing everybody. This is time away from work. And if you, if, if you aren't salaried, if you're an hourly or, or self-employed person, Time away means you're not making money and time is money. So, yeah, that can be expensive as well. So I think here at the end of this conversation, we really just need to make sure we remember what the true meaning of Christmas is. The true meaning of Christmas. You mean finding your soulmate and kissing them in a light snowfall like we've seen in all the Hallmark movies exactly. that you're watching? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no. No, I mean it is a time to spend spend time with the with your family and your loved ones and have fun. But do not do not go into debt. You know, make your plan, make sure you can afford it. But take the time to slow down and take a breath and really enjoy the season. Yeah, and definitely, like I know we've kind of been harping on save money, be careful about what you're spending. This does not mean that you can't enjoy the holidays. You need to celebrate. You need to enjoy. Um, the goal here is to take the stress out of it. And I know a lot of that stress comes from from the money stress. So we're just trying to give you some ideas on here's how you could cut some of that money stress out of the holidays. Great. So we want you to continue this discussion at home with your significant other, or your spouse. So sit down and talk about your plan for Christmas. Be honest with what you can and can't do physically, mentally, financially. You know, in the past, you may have said, this is a non-negotiable. We have to do this. Well, I just challenge that. Is that still true? Can you reconsider your Christmas plans if they are stressing you out and not enjoyable? Discuss your spending budget and your plan for Christmas presents and all of the other items. Especially in this year of COVID, it's a great opportunity to stop and figure out what you can and can't do. Just because it's a tradition doesn't mean you have to keep doing it if it's destructive for you. So for us, David, what is one thing that you have done or we have done together to make Christmas more enjoyable? Well, apart from, uh, I mean, the big one being the the not visiting everyone and, and making sure that that we we're setting some boundaries there. I, think, I hope I hope our family's not listening to this. <laughs> I, I think that was helpful, but I mean that one enjoyed allowed us to enjoy the time we did have with our families as well. So I, I think that's a pro family thing. Um, I, I think the big thing for us was starting to budget out our Christmas spending in advance. I know you you mentioned that just now, but um, that was the thing that caused me to to calm down. So. We, prior to to having a budget, Christmas just happened, and I was terrified every <laughs> December. Like, what's <laughs> going to happen? I have no idea what this bill is going to come in at. I have no idea what to expect. Now we sit down and we talk about who do we need to give gifts to? What are, what are we doing? Where are we traveling? What are our events? How much are each of these going to cost, we think? And we have a plan. And we talk about that plan. And that has just been so awesome for me. Yes, that's a good point. What's on your list? Well, for me, extending the holiday makes Mm. it more enjoyable. No, I'm just kidding. But no, but for (laughs) real, like if I need to decorate early, I do it. If that's when it fits into my schedule and 
you know, that's the going to reduce a lot of my stress. That's what I do. But I think for me, the biggest thing that I've tried to do is to not beat myself up anymore if I don't get everything done. So there's, for example, one, one example would be the Christmas card. So when you and I got married, we issued our Prail post Christmas letter and it was a letter and pictures. And we did that for a few years and it, one year it was just too much. And I remember we just, we didn't do it. We stopped, we stopped doing it. And I, at first I beat myself up about it. And then I was like, you know what? No, like I'm not going to beat myself up over a Christmas letter. This is stupid. And then, so we took some time off. And then we came back one year with a video card and we did a few years of that. And then we didn't. And it's like, if it fits, if we have time, if it's in there and we're enjoying it, then we'll do it. And if we don't, we don't. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat myself up or feel guilty or feel bad if we don't have a Christmas letter that year. I'm okay with it. And I think that's, so it's an expectation that I put on myself that I, if it works, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I like that attitude. <laughs> That's a good attitude. Well, and and the other thing about Christmas letters is that we have Facebook now, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, and people can keep up to a certain extent with what you're doing right. if they want to. Right. Well, um, next we we have a question. Woohoo! I am excited about this. So we got a question from a listener. This question came via an email from Jeannie, and Jeannie says. What do you do if you don't have a spender and a saver in a marriage? What if you are two savers or two spenders? Now, I know that can happen. People can be different than you and I, Heather. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough question. So I think you may have stumped us. But <laughs> I, I guess the answer is you have to break up. Only oh marry, my goodness. Only marry oh a saver if you're a spender or vice versa. No, I'm oh just kidding. My I'm just kidding. This is not a requirement of who you're going to marry. Love is love. Um, but it is good to talk about money before tying the knot and, um, you know, moving to the next step. But I don't think there's too much of a problem with a saver-saver combo, except that you may not enjoy life to the fullest and you may die with gobs of money that you didn't get to spend. Um... So you do need to have a little fun. Now, a spender spender could be trouble. Um, they're going to have a lot of fun, but there could be some trouble and stress. But what I think it really comes down to is goal setting. So you need to sit down as a couple and figure out what do you want your life to look like? And if you can agree on that, then you need to put a plan in place. And that may mean you have to pull back on the reins of spending or you need to even loosen the reins and spend a little bit. But I think the important part is having a vision and a goal of what you, you want your life to look like and then putting a plan in place and executing on that. And it might be hard if you're both kind of one way or the other, but I think, I think it all comes down to setting a plan and holding your couple, yourself as a couple accountable to that. Yeah, I, I like what you said about the spenders. You kind of glossed over the savers a little bit. I know you kind of came back to around to uh, putting together a plan. And I think that that would be my overall advice as well, is uh, especially with, with savers. Uh, you know, I can I certainly identify with the saver mentality most. And it and so what I would do if, if I were married to a saver is that I would, like you said, picture that that ideal life and I mean, not even savers don't even like to uh, sacrifice forever, right? So if you can picture what that ideal life looks like, set those goals and then say, 
at these milestones in our saving journey, this is how we're going to change our lifestyle, or this is the additional charitable giving we're gonna give, or this is the whatever change that change that might be. But setting those milestones so that it's not just some abstract thing of someday we're gonna do this. No, we're gonna do this when we hit this savings milestone. That's when we're gonna do it, and that's when we're gonna make these changes. So having it very discrete, concrete like that, I think it makes a difference. So that would be my, my advice to uh, the two saver approach. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Um, thank you again, Jeannie, for your question. And please keep those questions up coming. Um, we'd love to hear more from others around how money is working out in your marriage, how those conversations are happening, or to, to take some future questions for, an, for another episode. You can email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes as that will help us reach more people. Thank you once again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you are a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.